The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Pushing record. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology and pop culture. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. And welcome to our show. This week, we're going to talk about some of the privacy things that you can uh, do on your smartphone to perhaps protect you from certain people trying to get your data. And we have a whole bunch of pop culture and news to talk about. The Spider-Man, that Spider-Man movie that just came out in December. I think it's number four, like on the all-time list of box office champs, you know, in the PG-13 category. And they they break it down uh, by the box office uh, rating. Ah, ah. So it's not like the, the number one ever, 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 but it's it's up there. Uh, I think it's it has just surpassed Black Panther. It is coming up on Avatar, which is the next one on the list, and then Avengers Endgame and Star Wars: The Force Awakens are, are the ones at the top there. So the Spider Man Awakens on the top. It is. I think that was before people realized that the the that that batch was you know going to end the way it did, and also it was it was the big Star Wars. It was a J.J. Abrams return. Uh, the 2015 one. So so it, it made a, a lot of money. And then Avengers Endgame was right behind it. Of course, I have not been to the theater, have no desire to go to the theater. So I'm still waiting for the streaming Spider-Man uh, to, to arrive on my screen. Um, I've been yep, making do here. with the book of Boba Fett. Well, you've been watching something else, right? Haven't you been sort of wrapping up uh, The Expanse I've been watching uh, recently? The Expanse, The Expanse. And first off, before we go on, we have to be blunt here. We have to be honest We haven't done an episode in a really long time, but for a very valid reason. Two very valid reasons. Oh, yes, yes. Our absence must be explained. Um, I I will We got the COVID. We We did. We got the COVID. And not together either. So I got Omicron in the last, uh, I guess it was the middle of December, which involved a a exciting trip up to uh, the Bellevue Hospital, which is legendary uh, in New York lore because it used to be the the site of the insane asylum. And it's one of the city's public hospitals. I got a PCR test at Bellevue. They were very nice, very efficient, very fast. But, you know. Came up with the bingo on the uh, the COVID test, so, so I was down for the count for a while, and then lo and behold, you, El Kaiser. Yes, yes, I, I got a positive, then a bunch of negatives. It was all crazy. They're not sure if I actually had it or not, but it was pretty bad and rough there for a while. I think maybe you have your own variant. I do. I, I think you I know you, you had the, the Kaiser the, variant. The Kaiser I had the Kaiser Kron. That's what I had. <laughs> yes, but but the one thing that we can say. <laughs> about this. I had all three of the shots. I had just gotten the booster a month before and, you know, I, I get a little suspicious. Oh, it was so mild I didn't even notice, but I, you know, I had what felt like a sinus congestion cold, yes. some low energy, but nothing like the horror that we saw in 2020 before we had any no. vaccines or people knew how the thing was spreading. So Absolutely 10 days true. of isolation and a lot of TV and came out okay. So yay science. Yep. Yay science. Yeah, so while I was watching Encanto, you were watching The Expanse, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not During start on real- Encanto. Please, <laughs> let's not start. And I want to make a very important point about Encanto. Encanto. Yes. The point is that that darn soundtrack did not hit number one until the movie got on Disney. Mm-hmm. Plus, okay? So it was the, the streaming boost there. Uh-huh. That Bruno song, if I hear it one more time, my head's going to fall off. 
Okay. I, I gather your children have found the soundtrack. Uh, yes, and my wife. They love it. They love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm sort of meh on the guy. You know, I think we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I was not a Hamilton guy. I mean, God bless him. You know, hey, all the success deserved. Not a fan. I'm not dissing the guy. Yeah, just it's, not just, a fan. it's just not, not your thing. Yeah. I did not see it in the theater. Obviously, I had not been to theater for a while. You know, and so I was one of the Disney Plus streamers. But A, the quality of the animation was amazing. Um, yeah. Absolutely and it, for someone who, who grew up in a part of the country where we don't learn about other cultures, it was very exciting to see how this movie portrayed and, and just hearing the input from the Latin American community who said, oh, yes, they managed not to screw up our culture entirely. Yes, they really uh, so, did. So I, I found the music very charming. The characters were, were just really compelling. They were accurate. You know what I mean? It was like I, I, I'm, I'm, the entire family was watching and none of us groaned or said, oh, my God. You know, it, there weren't any stereotypical performances, nothing. It was respectful. It was accurate. The voice acting was great. So uh, while I was doing that, you, you were watching The Expanse, right? The, the final season of The Expanse? Yes, the final season, series six. So did they bring it home? They brought it home. But I have to say, The Expanse is one of these shows that made no sense whatsoever to me. None whatsoever. I had no idea what was going on through most of it. A lot of it was like, wait a minute, there's these beings that now, I, I, no sense whatsoever, but I loved every minute of the show. Really loved it. Well, it came from that series of books, and so it had the, the right. literary world building behind it, but it, it was pretty hard-edged sci-fi, mm-hmm. science fiction, excuse me. And, you know, it wasn't like the, the fuzzy things with ray guns. Like, they had some real serious Civil War stuff going and, and a lot of high stakes. So, so this was the final season of it, and they were trying to do a lot, right, in just, in just a very small episode order. Yeah, they, they only had six episodes. I'm assuming they had to deal with COVID restrictions. Which meant they didn't do their usual. I think they used to do ten episodes per season. Yeah, where you got some breathing room there. Yeah, it felt rushed. It felt like they packed a whole bunch of stuff in there. There was a lot of stuff that was open ended. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. A lot of storylines that they started that just okay. Why did you start this storyline? It makes no sense whatsoever. Unless they're planning some sort of sequel, because I know there's going to be no season seven. Unless there's going to be a sequel and they're going to finish because I think there's three more books that they didn't do. So there might be more down the road. Who knows? But again, all that made no sense. Proto-molecules, Thomas Jane playing some Josephus, the detective, becomes like a godlike figure. I don't know what the heck's going on, but I loved it. And if you really like that dark sci-fi and really decent performances because they were really great. I mean, come on, Bobby, Frankie Adams. Oh, yeah. She oh, yeah. was awesome. Awesome. And that's the other thing about the show. Some serious, badass performances from women in that show. You didn't even dare think, oh, that should be a man. No. These were believable, ass-kicking badasses. And it was spectacular. It was great. It's a beautiful thing. They come a long way from the gold bikinis. Yes! The Expanse also put like 25 minutes of stuff that you can't see on your, your streaming TV box, Riley. Like you had to go to the Amazon X-Ray app to find these secret little chapters. Yeah. Luckily, I started watching it on an Android tablet. 
because I didn't realize from my Apple TV that you couldn't see these videos. It was very sneaky of Amazon. Yeah, I don't understand what the heck the point was. Only one was worth watching anyway of these shorts, but still. So it didn't impact your overall enjoyment of the final season if you no. hadn't no, seen these things? No, still makes no sense to me, but I loved it. But you had a good time. I did. I did. But do we have any news? We I'm do. sure we do. We, we, do we have, have months some news. of it. Yes, we do have some news before we get to our, our uh, service piece about privacy. Yes. During all of the, the end of the year, COVID and all, they launched the James Webb Space Telescope on Christmas morning. Very exciting thing for the nerds. And it's now been a, a full month since that dramatic Christmas morning launch. And they had to do all these various mechanical maneuvers to get all parts of the telescope safely unfolded in space. And so even though it launched without blowing up, they still had to do all of these transformer-like things. Well, it was on the way, and so all of this this went off okay, and this week they finally got it into its designated deep space parking spot, if you will. Uh, it's about a million miles away from Earth. This is where it's going to do its observations, and they, they fired a little burn there and just kind of settled it in. So I think it's going to be a little while till it can start transmitting the images back, but all of the hurdles that they had to do to get this thing off the Earth and into its position out in space and get all of its parts out there, I, I think have happened. They still have to do some like mirror alignment and things, but but it's very exciting. This uh, new telescope uh, for those who were not quite maybe paying attention during the holiday season. Uh, this is a successor to the aging old Hubble telescope. They've been working on the James Webb uh, since the 1990s and had a price tag close to 10 billion with a big dollars, but wow. it's expected to be a uh, hundred times more powerful than ye old Hubble. This is because the uh, JWST is designed to see the infrared part of the spectrum, including objects that Hubble just couldn't see due to its uh, design. And because telescopes see things in space as they once were due to the travels of light, the web's infrared vision and sensitivity will let it see all the way back in time when the first galaxies were forming after the Big Bang. So once they get it online and, and taking pictures, I think we're really going to see uh, some magnificent stuff coming back. So NASA's been very excited about this. This has been a long time project, and uh, I will have a bunch of links to information about the Webb telescope on there for anyone who wants to know more, because NASA has really just up overloaded the media and the freebies and the information about it on their page. So, so yeah, very, very exciting there. Moving on, cryptocurrency has gotten a lot of attention the past couple of years, you know, Dogecoin and all. Even the New York City Mayor Eric Adams asked for a few of his first paychecks to be in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, he lost a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, this was perhaps not the best timing because the crypto markets uh, have not been having a steady time of it in recent no. weeks. Uh, I think CNBC just reported that the cryptocurrency market had about $130 billion, with a B, uh, wiped off the value uh, during a 24-hour period because there's been this multi-day sell-off. The stock market is not doing that great either so far this year. Stocks have been falling, uh, I think, since the beginning of January, and the third week of January was their worst week since March 2020, when, as we may recall, the coronavirus began stomping through and shutting the country down. So I think all of that, there's also international tensions with Russia and Ukraine and what the world going to do about that. So the stock market's down, the cryptocurrency's down. It, it's it's feeling a little like maybe this was not really the time to get your, your paycheck in Bitcoin. We'll see if crypto is going to bounce back here. 
But as usual, the European Union is cracking down earlier and harder on big tech in general uh, than the American government has traditionally done. Um, Members of the EU Parliament, you know. I mean, well, Congress is really good at having hearings and having hearings, but we haven't really seen a lot of legislation come out of that. But the members of the EU Parliament recently voted to pass the Digital Services Act, which opens a way for negotiations with their member states to, to sort of take this stuff up. But this act is intended to be a new global standard for regulating technology and, uh, among other things, includes a ban on targeted advertising aimed at minors. I think they wanted to have nobody targeted but couldn't quite get that, but at least they got uh, minors uh, out of the crosshairs of the targeted advertising. Other elements of the DSA uh, say that online platforms should not make denying consent for processing personal data harder than giving consent, so making you jump through loops to, like, opt out of stuff. And also, if you decide that you are going to refuse consent for them to use your data, you should not be uh, penalized by having your service or product functionalities disabled or hindered in any way. So they're like, oh, you know, if they don't want to share your info, you, you can't cripple the product for them. So the act includes that. Also in the mix, recipients of services would have the right to seek compensation for damages, and there would be mandatory risk assessments and more transparency over algorithms to fight harmful content and disinformation. We could use a little bit of that, I would say. Mm-hmm. The DSA follows an asymmetrical or maybe a sliding scale approach. So there are stricter obligations according to the company's size. So big, giant, monolithic platform that has billions of users is going to be subject to more stuff than, you know, maybe your little little startup that's just, you know, getting out of the gate here. But there's a lot in this act, and I'll have a link to it on our show page for those who want to know more, because hopefully if they can make it work in Europe, maybe they'll get some ideas here or Mm. have, have, you know, see a path forward. Mm. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. You're a glass full kind of person, aren't you? I am, I am. But uh, U.S. regulatory agencies are not without their own kind of drama, though. Uh, in case you haven't been watching that squabble uh, over the past month, uh, the whole 5G airplane thing. I prefer Donnie Brooks myself. You like a, a ripping Donnie Brook, yes. Uh, yes, yes, I But do. the, the uh, Federal Aviation Administration uh, and the wireless telecom carriers have been in this huge fight, I think, since at least last month over uh, the 5G cellular networks that the telecom companies bought all of the spectrum and they've been like plugging 5G for, for almost a year and building up their networks and trying to get people to sign on for these, these faster mobile speeds. But the FAA has some concerns uh, because within this spectrum, certain aircraft instruments also may be subject to interference if there is traffic on this part of the spectrum. could interfere with some of the tools that the planes use to land in bad weather. And so the FAA is saying, no, you can't be doing this because you're going to cause all kinds of potential danger in airplane. We got, you know, planes full of people here and we don't want to risk them coming in just because you want to have fast network. So they've been fighting. The telecom companies have accused the FAA of, of trying to bigfoot them or, uh, you know, trying to be boss of everyone. And uh, the FAA's like, no, no, we've got regulations. We were on a test on this. So they've been going back and forth, going back and forth. And the telecom companies first declined to back down. So the FAA said, well, we're going to issue warnings. We're going to start canceling flights, which, as you know, makes a lot of people very, very grumpy. AT&T and Verizon are the two major ones in this. They keep saying, well, you know, other countries show that aircraft are safe from 5G-related disruptions. But the FAA said, no, we still want to do our own tests. And they have agreed now, though, that the telecom folks to limit 5G signals around airports, lower the power there, just because I think the uh, FAA did cancel some flights and it was looking like it could really disrupt world travel. So the 5G service is live now for a lot of people, except for tell towers that within uh, two miles of a major runway. And so they're, they're not getting uh, these new signals. 
So the FAA is like testing instruments on specific aircraft models and, and sort of going plane by plane. The Wall Street Journal has a whole story on how this thing just turned out to be a mess from the get-go, and it just really kind of shows bureaucratic dysfunction. And the journal shows that several countries have deployed similar 5G service, but they have different power levels in here. And in some cases, they do have limitations near the airport. So as much as Telecom says, well, look, they do it over there, and it's fine. It's like, well, yeah, they, they have some restrictions too. Man, folks in East Elmhurst are going to be really upset out by LaGuardia. Yeah, I mean, not only do they have, like, the, the flight path above them, they will not have very fast mobile until this gets squared away. So, yeah, but we, even when the government auctioned off this spectrum, I was like, did you not realize that maybe yeah. this was going to be a problem down the road? Didn't anybody check? Nobody bothered checking? Yeah, check they it. were just, they just want to have an auction to make some money, I guess. Yeah, basically. So, so that, that'll probably be, you know, lurking in the background for a while until the Aviation Administration gets all of its planes tested and has decided definitively if, if it's uh, safe or not. But moving on, according to the folks at Bloomberg, uh, Apple could be teeing up its first product launch of the year. You know, they always kind of do like a little spring one. Mm-hmm. Bloomberg's predicting, uh, of all things, a 5G-capable iPhone SE and, uh, you know, a little iPad upgrade. I, I think there's one model that they haven't upgraded in a year. It might be the Air. So Bloomberg's saying, oh, yeah, the, you know, they're probably going to be doing this. And and Bloomberg has mapped out the sort of calendar year of Apple events. They usually have the spring one, and then they'll do the big announcement cycle leading to the software previews at the Worldwide Developers Conference in June. And then we roll into September where there's new iPhone models and other hardware. And we've been doing the October announcement for, for laptops and new chips a little later. All of this sets them up just to have a, a really juicy fourth quarter of sales, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I already have a phone. I don't really need a, a new phone. You know, if I break my iPad, I'll get a new one. I'm not champing at the bit to run out and, and buy news. I think they're going to have a lot of, of stuff with their new Apple processors as well. But are, are you Jones in to upgrade anything uh, at the moment? Oh, I, I got I got myself uh, an iPhone uh, 13 uh, Pro uh, Max uh, Ultra Gigantor. <laughs> oh, okay. So so you, you got the latest and greatest then. Uh, yes, it's got it's got like a 20-inch screen, it feels like. Mm-hmm. thing is huge huge yeah, yeah i had a I, my 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 iphone what is it xs it's on its last legs so i, see. So I put in an order for a replacement are you the type that the decommissions the old phone and puts it in a drawer in case you need it do you give it to the kid do you put it on a little I did raft a trade do you put it in the river I did, oh you did a trade nah, in so you got some I money trade in oh yeah got 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 that serious cash on the barrel head i'm done with saving the old phones because my kids aren't going to want them anyway. Now they're old enough where they like they want the they want a fancy phone. They don't want some old yeah, crappy like, phone that dad. Papa, we don't want your phone from 2014. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, 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 no. But yeah, so I traded it in, got some cash, and uh, it's gigantic, and it's got the the scary like camera. Oh, the it's got the, eyes. The, the lidar, yeah, and the the beam, yeah. No, 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 no. With the, the three little like oh, oh, the cameras. three, the, the Cerberus uh, camera on the back. Yeah, the, yeah, it looks like a spider like skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can't deal with it. It looks like spider eyes. It's like All right, I don't yeah, yeah, look. At don't the look camera. at the back then. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't look at the back. Definitely just look at the front. Look the Pretty pictures on the front. Yes, indeed. It does. Oh, speaking of which, it does take great pictures. The camera software and the uh, I don't think Apple stuff. The algorithms are quite as sharp as Google's on some things. Mm-hmm. But it, when you get it in combination with the three lenses, you know, you get your ultra wide, your regular, and your telephoto, and the processing software, especially in low light, it is uh, some significant uh, technology there. Yeah, I'm looking to upgrade my Android phone soon, so I'm thinking about getting a Google. My Samsung phone hadn't upgraded to Android 12 yet, and it's like, what the hell's going on here? I want to get on this platform. 
And as soon, like the same day when I was going to switch it out, they dropped Android 12 on the Samsung, on both the tablet, on my Samsung tablet and my Samsung phone. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll hold on to these for a little while. Mm-hmm. But my next phone, I think, I think is going to be a Google. Yeah, well, the Pixels, you know, Google's making some hardware. I think they're going to be making their own chips for certain things, too. Chromebooks and Pixels and one. Everyone's got to have their own chip now. It's a new thing. Microsoft yeah, making its own chips, too. So Yeah, we'll be making our own chips soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. M- mine will have uh, salsa with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well played. Yes. Well played. But, but circling back, even though, you know, we were down for the count for a bit with the COVID and the rest of the country is dealing with it now, they still had the Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas the first week of January, like they always do. I guess they thought, oh, we're when they planned it, oh, everything's in retreat and life is back to normal and we're all going to have this. And so it was supposed to celebrate this return to a recognizable life. But twas not to be because of the Omicron surge. A lot of companies and many attendees went virtual or canceled outright at the last minute. And I think the show ended up closing down like a day early just because people were like, you know, they, they came to do what they wanted or there just wasn't enough there. And so everyone split. But despite the COVID kneecapping of the live event, there were some uh, new gadgets announced. Uh, there's a whole CES 2022 page that I'll link to. So aside from the usual that we always get big giant TVs and other standard fare. TVs, yes. Yes, uh, there was a few things, including Samsung's Odyssey Arc computer monitor, which is a 55-inch curved screen with a 4K resolution and an unannounced price tag. But it basically, even if you've got it in landscape or portrait, it sort of curves around you. So you get like the peripheral vision thing. So I, I can't imagine that you'd really want to do a spreadsheet on this, but I think for gaming, it would be totally boss. Yeah. So uh, there's that. There's also the Labrador Retriever, a motorized robot shelf that rolls around to where you need it. I keep thinking of R2-D2 as a drinks cart in Return of the Jedi, but I think it can do uh, more than that. But it's this you know, robot that will bring you shelves of stuff that you need. The ship date and price for that are unknown. One of the other announcements there was the Masonite M-Power Smart Door that combines a smart lock video doorbell, a motion-activated lighting, and a sensor to alert you uh, when you have actually forgotten to close the door. So... A lot of, of the smart home stuff with it all. But I was kind of looking at it, you know, there's nothing really. No. I would have not have gone to Vegas anyway, but it, it's it's just not compelling. You know, you can just watch it on the web. and, and Of course. But uh, in addition to whacking trade shows, though, the ongoing pandemic has been also playing havoc with theatrical productions. Many have had to cancel performances on short notice due to sick cast and crew members. We've seen this with Broadway this winter where shows just shut down, like after the audience had been seated, they've been flying in people who used to do the show years ago in to fill in. I mean, the theatrical community has really gotten very creative, but it's been really difficult. And I think it really impacted a lot of Broadway. I think New York is past the Omicron curve now, so hopefully it's going to get better. But the National Theater in London has been getting very creative with technology and I said, well, you know, we're dealing with this pandemic. People actually can't come to the theater. So they've got this immersive storytelling studio, and they figured out how to perform a miniature musical in viewers' homes with augmented reality. So uh, the show is called All Kinds of Limbo. You know, you have to get your ticket or whatever, but it works by streaming a holographic avatar uh, in a recorded performance uh, to the mobile phone screen. And whatever you're pointing your phone at, like the the performance is taking place and whatever your phone is looking at, which is like, you know, that that could be very creative. Like if you're sitting in the kitchen, you you see one kind of performance. And I don't know if the show was any good or not, but the fact that they are sort of thinking along these lines and kind of realizing, well, we have to figure out ways to get theater to the people if the people cannot come to the theaters. 
And back in Shakespeare's day, they would just close the theaters during plague times, but we've got modern technology, so let's beam some holograms into people's phones and, and bring the theater to them. So as a former theater person, I, I thought that was really cool. It sounds like fun. Yeah, so I, I would check that out. The, the, and I will have a link to uh, more information about that show on our show page. But And finally... And finally... Also in the United Kingdom, a robot vacuum wait, wait, cleaner... Wait, 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 wait. How united are they? Really? Really? You know, if you've seen Prime Minister's questions lately, uh, I think you, you, you might see some dissension. Yes, uh, the, 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 the parties during lockdown, yeah, it's, it's coming back to uh, haunt him, I think. <laughs> Uh, but in the kingdom, uh, united or otherwise, apparently a robot vacuum cleaner working in a travel lodge in Cambridge made a break for it and went out the front door of the hotel and kept on going. Uh, so this Roomba or whatever brand it was um, ma- makes a break for it. The hotel staff realized it was gone. Like, the door was open and the robot was nowhere to be found. They posted about the escape on social media, asking people to return it if they found it. Some observed online that the robot had no natural predators in the wild and might possibly <laughs> enjoy a new life. While others noted that, uh, quote, nature abhors a vacuum, and it Born could be in danger. Free, <laughs> yes. As free as the wind blows. So, so yeah, so little Roomba just says, you know, I'm tired of working the travel law, takes off. Man, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so Roomba's working the room, Roomba sees the door open, Roomba takes off, and so it's run, out there. Roomba, and run. <laughs> it's, Roll as long as your battery can take you. Uh, They did eventually uh, find the runaway robot under a hedge near the hotel's front drive a day later. I guess it was recharged and returned to its duties. But this was a big thing on social media where where people were like hoping it could just keep going and maybe they'd, you know, find it down in London or something. (laughs) Like Forrest Gump running across the country. Run, Roomba, run. Yeah, so it it had its little moment of freedom. And I will have a link to, to this exciting story and everything else that we talked about. In our new segment here, uh, you can find all those links, uh, plus more, at our show page at poptechjam.com. As free as the wind blows. (laughs) Little Roomba, get away. As you recall, last episode, we were talking about privacy settings and how Verizon had signed up everyone to get these data collection things by just by changing the name of the program and yeah. making a new thing and resetting everyone's preferences. Without telling anyone. Yeah. And, and, and privacy. Nice, yes. Thanks, Verizon. Thank you. But, but privacy has been an ongoing thing since, I would say, since the internet first really became commercial. I may be going back away here in some form or another. Remember, remember that app called Cookie Monster that would yes. just eat, you know, web cookies that because people got nervous that, oh, someone has known that I visited the site and there was this this uh, little program for Max called Cookie Monster that would basically just flush your cookie folder every time you restarted. I mean, and that goes back to the mid-90s where advertisers were trying to figure out who their audience were. People who were browsing the web didn't want to be tracked. So Yes, simpler days. Simpler days. And now with the advent of smartphones, which are not new, they've been around since, I think, if you started the iPhone in, in 2007, maybe a little bit before that, with some like the Nokia stuff before then. Blackberry, yeah. Yes, yes. We, we, we've had uh, some decades of phones that are, are smart. And because the phone knows where you are, if you've got your location services on, this is also an even bigger data trove for advertisers who want to figure out how to sell you things because they know where you live, where you go, what kind of things you do. And they can glean all of this ostensibly from anonymously aggregated or user ID 
profiles, but but still, it, it's a little too close for for people's comfort who just really don't want targeted advertising aimed at them. Right. And Apple made some big headlines early this year when they introduced their, you know, ask app to, you know, not to track you when they put that thing in, in uh, iOS, I think it was 14.5 and then Facebook mm-hmm. got all mad because that's their business. And But Apple has really been making some noise about the stepping up its privacy tools. Google, not as much since part of their business model involves collecting your data in exchange for, for free services and, and customized Part, tools. You're being generous. Yes. You're being generous. Well, you know, they, they have a few other things. But yeah, a, a large chunk of their yes. business model there. But Google has also stepped up because Android users are like, well, hey, we might have options too. We, we don't want to be hounded, you know, by the same T-shirt ad that we accidentally clicked on three years ago as it follows us across the internet. So both systems have come with new privacy tools and their, their latest iterations, iOS 15 dot whatever it does to now, and then Android 12. Both these came out at the uh, back half of the year. They do include some some things that if you are nervous about privacy, you can adjust these settings. I'm not going to say they're perfect and they will totally lock down your identity from ever being discovered because nothing is ever perfect. But but they're making an attempt to let people have more control over their information. They're trying. Yeah. And, and if you haven't really done a cannonball into your settings lately because not everyone likes to do that, there are some new things in there. So if you are concerned about your privacy, first stop, go to your system settings, no matter if you've got Android 12 or iOS 15, just go in there and uh, there's a privacy section now for, for both platforms. You'll find several screens, menus, switches. All of this is designed to let you restrict access to your phone's hardware. Like, is like, why does this donut app want to use my microphone? I don't think I want to allow that. <laughs> And, you know, in software, like all the software wants to use your contacts list. And so you can go through there and restrict all of these apps reach on your phone on an app-by-app basis. Android 12 also includes a privacy dashboard screen now that shows you what apps have been up to. And it also gives you a shortcut within that. Because as we mentioned, Google does uh, collect your information and stores it in your Google account, which you have to have if you use Gmail or any other services. And so you can get to your settings for the Google account from within this dashboard as well. And we should point out, too, that, that Apple and Google both have publicly posted statements about how they use your data if you are at all concerned or just want to see what they're doing, I, I will post a story that has links to those. If, if you just want to have some light reading before bed, all of this comes with a caveat that if you do block web trackers and location information and stuff that makes your free apps work, those apps cannot work as well. You could get different information. Many news and cultural sites also use tracking software for their advertisers. That's right. Just be aware of all of this before you go in there and start blindly flipping switches. Some people do not care. And it's like, I don't care if this doesn't work. I don't want anyone stalking me. And so people are like, oh, yeah, whatever. I know they know where I'm at. But I like having the restaurant recommendations when I'm on the same block. So it's a risk assessment just like everything else these days. Of course, just like life. Just like yeah. walking out the door. Yeah, so so, uh, so so go to your system settings and just spend some time in there and see what you want to change. But to the point of location, though, that, that is a, a big feature that all the apps want to use because you use it for things like maps and you need it for driving directions. Like the app needs to know where you're physically at so you can put you on the map and tell you how to get to, to from A to B. Right, and the find my friend stuff and all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, and if, if you if you like maybe your children, you've got the, the find my kid or whatever app on the phone turned on, you need to have that so you can locate your your offspring wherever they happen to be. So location services are very handy and vital to many apps. Some apps maybe abuse the knowledge. And one nod that both Google and Apple have done to this is in the latest versions of the software, you can share an approximate location instead of just a precise one. Like it's like, I am standing on this corner of 42nd and 
8th Avenue, and everyone knows where I'm at, and you can say, oh, I'm in New York City, so... Yeah, I'm right outside the Chase Bank, and I got a big wad of 50s. Yeah, so yeah, uh, right. so, so you Good. so you can do approximate location, and there's a little a button in there to tap if you, if, when it shows, hey, you know, so-and-so wants to use your location, can they use approximate or precise? So you do have some control there, or you can vague it up. But uh, on an iOS 15 device, you can open uh, the settings app, go to privacy, and then location services to get to all of the stuff. Within the system services one, you can enable... Or disable location services to control which third-party apps, including Google software, can use your coordinates or uh, when they have permission to use that information. So you can say just when I'm using the app or they have to ask. So you have a little bit of pushback there. If you scroll all the way down and select system services, you can see how the iPhone itself is using your location, including collecting your significant locations, like your home address. So you can see your where you live on a map, like buried in this setting. Which Apple says it uses this for things like with your reminders and all of its built-in services. So if you find this super creepy and stalky, you can turn it off or wipe the history from it right in the setting there. Some people don't mind. They like knowing that Apple knows that I'm almost home and, and here's, here's some suggestions around the way. Other people find it creepy. I find it creepy. Now, on a phone, uh, if you're running one on Android 12, which many people are, you can open the Settings app and uh, tap Location. There you get to the controls to see which apps have permission to lose your location. You've got Location Services. There's a setting there to get even more settings. And you can also manage the location history that records your wanderings of where you have been all over this big city. And again, Google uses this information to serve up customized ads and services based on your personal info. So... If you whack all of this, you'll you'll get less targeted stuff. Some people feel that, well, if I'm going to get ads anyway, because I have to have ads because I'm using this free software, there might as well be ads I might possibly care about. Other people are like, no, I'm not going to look at the ads anyway. Stop following me and trying to get me to buy stuff. It makes sense. Yeah. So location services are a big setting to visit on either Android or iOS. Now, uh, the thing we talked about at the top of this segment, Apple's app tracking transparency feature that, that got uh, a lot of Facebook and everyone in a swivet earlier this year. This feature warns you when an app wants to monitor your online activity, typically for the purposes of the aforementioned targeted advertising. Cool. Uh, if you want to see these settings in iOS 15, just open the settings app, go to privacy, and then tracking, and then you can see on an app-by-app -app basis who can follow you and who can't. And you can also make adjustments if you decided after, well, I don't want this app following me, I'm going to turn it off. So all of that's in there. And Apple has its own advertising platform too, which not a lot of people really pay attention to because it's mainly hawking Apple services. But if you don't want to share personal identifiable information with any of that, then you can turn it off in the Apple advertising area of the privacy settings. They claim to be more open about this stuff. Now, Android 12, go to settings, open privacy, and you can see a bunch of controls, including there's an ads option now for avoiding targeted ads by deleting your advertising ID. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think uh, earlier this month, Google announced that Android will automatically turn off permissions for apps you haven't used in a while. So if you downloaded some free stuff two years ago, maybe it's still following you around. But if you haven't opened it in a while, then uh, Google is going to have Android just turn off those permissions. And so next time you open the app, you'd have to reset all of those. But I thought, well, you know, maybe we'll just stop these, these especially before they really had a crackdown in the Play Store too, and they decided to lock things up. But uh, going back to cookies, though, browsers uh, have been used for decades to track you, as, as we discussed earlier. And I believe marketers and advertising folks love to observe the activity of where you glow and where you click around the web. 
Safari's private browsing in Chrome's incognito mode. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to turn this on and nobody can tell. That just keeps the surfing session from being stored. Not much help against the really serious uh, web browser trackers, just to keep that in mind. Safari on Apple, both on the mobile and desktop platforms, uh, includes tools to block tracking. You can go to settings and Safari and then go down to the privacy and security area to make your adjustments. Google's Chrome browser has a privacy and security section too, where you can do that thing where it's like, ask sites not to track, but I think a lot of people just blow by that and do it anyway. I've never really felt that the do not track request was honored in a lot of places. Yeah, I don't think they do. Yeah, but to sort of step into all of this, so a privacy-focused browser app like Brave, which we talked about on the show, or DuckDuckGo, is another way to ditch a lot of the web trackers because these are different companies. It's not You're not using Google Chrome to surf the web and, and tell Google where you go. So the, these uh, independent browsers are saying, well, we're more private. And DuckDuckGo recently announced its own app tracking protection tool that will work if you want to block a lot of the web trackers, much like Apple's software does. So And it, right now it's a beta program. I think they're going to open it up soon. But if you go to the DuckDuckGo privacy browser in the Android store, go to the app tracking protection tool, and you will be surprised if you get into this beta just how many things are following you around. The DuckDuckGo browser, which is also available for iOS, has an email protection feature as well that you can do to stop like invisible pixel stuff in uh, mail. Again, these features are in the public testing phase. Something to consider there, though, if, if you feel like you're being stalked. But but on the, the topic of mail, you know, advertisers love to use the tracking pixel, the invisible pixel, the spy pixel, whatever we're going to call it, that tiny little hidden image that reports back to the sender when you open the message, what you did with it, the, the, all kinds of things they can get from whatever this uh, little hidden image reports back. Apple's iOS 15 includes its own tool to help block mail trackers, so just go to Settings to Mail and then uh, choose Privacy Protection and tap on Protect Mail Activity to cut a lot of that out. You can also, it's a little clumsier, but in the Gmail app for Android IRS, you can stop images from automatically loading, which is a pain if you actually wanted to see whatever image was sent along. Usually it's just like graphics for a company or whatever, but if you block all the images from automatically loading, you can look in the mail, decide if you want to see it, and then once you show the images, then yeah, it's going to report back. But it does help you have a little bit of control over getting squealed on when you open an email. Excellent. So yeah, and that's just in the settings in your account name. Go to images and say ask before displaying external images. And uh, with both systems, you can always block or unsubscribe from mailing lists and unwanted messages in the first place. But these are just four areas to consider if you're trying to get a little bit more privacy. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, but yeah, I guess uh, this brings us to the end of the show, and we really have to thank the bros, don't we? Yes, thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. And thank you, listeners. We realize it's been uh, quite a while, even since last year, since we've sat down to yap. So thank you for downloading this one. And now that we've had the COVID, you know, maybe we're super powered, but we hope everyone out there uh, who is dealing with it or the effects of the ongoing pandemic, we hope you're getting by and stay safe. and, And hopefully maybe life will get to be looking more familiar this spring we we can never say for sure but here's hoping so until the next time when we're back with more and perhaps al kaiser will have seen boba fett and uh, brought in his opinions on the show (laughs) i'm jd beersdorfer and i'm pedro rafael rosado thanks for listening 